Is it okay to remain single? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people, thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a place where you can have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, and now apparently I found my way to being a book critic. I don't know how that happened, but it's happened. Uh, and with me, as always, is my cheerfully chummy co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, um, culture connoisseur, film connoisseur, and book connoisseur. I don't criticize <laughs> like Joseph. Joseph has just found a new way to criticize something. So yes. it's just a part of who he is. We accept and love him for it, but uh, we are working him through it. Don't criticize my Uh, <laughs> Nathan, Nathan does all of his criticizing behind closed doors where it will not hurt anybody's feelings. <laughs> That's so true, actually. When you get married, it is just like the rest of your life is mostly just gossip and just like saying your unfiltered. You finally have someone with whom you can say your thoughts about everything you want to um, that it won't hurt your feelings. Exactly, which is one disadvantage of being single. And, of course, we are talking about singleness today. Ooh, segue. Uh, today we're discussing whether or not it is okay to be and even stay single, which is a surprisingly controversial thing to ask, but here we are. But first, Nathan, if people enjoy hearing us talk about the things everyone else is afraid to talk about and want to engage with more of our content and meet fellow overthinkers like themselves, where can they go? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.world where they can find out more about their hosts and there they can send us all of their love and hate mail. They can also go to the online private Facebook group called The Overthinkers, where now almost 20,000 of you are getting to great discussions about all the fun stuff we talk about here, as well as posting tons of great intellectual, but also funny memes. Uh, if you do enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review and sharing with a friend. It really does help us, really does help us so very much. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm ready to get started. Uh, how about you? I am ready. Great. So as we've talked about on the show, particularly this month, Relationship Month, more and more Americans are choosing to delay or completely avoid marriage than ever before. A Pew Research Center report published in 2021 found that the share of American adults ages 25 to 54 who are married fell by almost 15 percentage points between 1990 and 2019, from 67% to 53%. Moreover, according to the survey Center on American Life, almost half of those who were single were not even looking to date. Many cheer this, seeing it as an example of Americans getting to choose more of the kind of life they want, more time to have with their friends and focus on their career, without the social pressure that being married is the only way to have a happy life. Others are deeply concerned about this change. Scholars like Brad Wilcox of the Institute for Family Studies, who we recently had on our podcast, argue that the world with fewer families inevitably makes a world that is lonelier, unhappier, and less socially connected, even for single people, and with fewer children to take care of the people who are once living uh, once they are old. In this view, not only is being married more wise, it is in a sense a moral responsibility to get married. Many Christian singles speak of the pressure they face to get married by in their church by people who seem to treat singleness almost as a sin. These Christians push these single Christians push back that Jesus and Paul themselves were never married, and Paul even encouraged singleness in his letters, such as in 1 Corinthians 7. Nathan, do you think that it's a problem that so many people are choosing to be single? Is there a moral component to the question of whether or not you should stay single or get married, or is it just a matter of choice? So um, I think it's good to point out here that uh, your two hosts today, one is single and one is not. Um, <clears throat> so you were getting to perspectives on this issue so we're not just talking uh from one perspective as we cover this topic whether it's okay to be single or not uh you're actually getting uh a, a lived experience from two different people who are living two different lives one as single one as not <coughs> excuse me now this being said this is a great question because i think as you pointed out sorry took a sip of my juice everybody as you How pointed out you? um this is a rising thing like we see all these uh statistics and rates from uh, starting with millennials, but moving to Gen Z, where people are just staying single um, it, very, very often longer and then sometimes just forever. And, uh, and you know, we can look into the reasons why. And I think there's a, a myriad of reasons as to why this is happening. I think those are are valid to kind of a valid place to kind of start. Um, I think that one, I think that people have grown up often 
in uh, families, we, we see the divorce rates uh, kind of skyrocketing through the, the latter decades of the 20th century. And so a lot of kids grew up in families of divorce, which means they watch their parents, their marriages fail. They watch the pain of that. They watch the difficulty and, and they felt pain as a result of that. So they, they begin their foray into the world of looking for a mate or not looking for a mate with all of this kind of trauma, really, and this pain that they remembered. And they never were given a vision for what for a healthy, good, beautiful marriage where two people actually love each other and stay with each other. And so I think that is one thing that's informing a lot of the I'm just going to stay single because um, I don't want what happened to my family to happen again. It might be subliminal. It might be explicit, whatever it might be. But I do think that is a contributing factor to why many people in this generation um, are staying single because of the huge rates of divorce that happened um, in their parents' generation. Now, that being said, I think there's also an element here that we ought to look at as to why people are staying single. Um, which is, I think, uh, you know, th this is a classic one, but I think it's worth mentioning is the, the um, th there's, a, there's a title or a, a name for it. And you, you can remind me, Joseph, if you think of it, but it's like the, the conundrum of choice, right? So we were given, oh, uh, yeah. do you know what I'm talking about? That kind of, I, yes, 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 yes. The, the, um, there is, there is, oh my gosh, both of us can't remember the, is it the, the, there's the curse of choice. There's the, um, I like the conundrum the choice, of choice, cho cho choice, choice paralysis. Choice paralysis. Thank you. So yes, there's a yes. choice paralysis when, you know, we've talked about this before, but um, in older generations, you grew up in essentially the same town. And, and this kind of carried through up and really until the 70s. Um, but, you know, it had started to dissipate by then. But really, for most of human history, even in, in much of American history and modern Western history, most people grew up in the same town. Um, and they had a limited amount of choices as to who they were going to marry, because really you had to marry someone who was in the same town as you around the same age, um, who was single and who believed the things you believed. And so your choices were really like, you know, three people, Brenda, Linda, or, uh, Krenda. And, uh, and it's like, well, and then you had to say, well, you don't, you don't want to do Krenda, but <laughs> yeah, Krenda was not the nice one, <laughs> but some people had to marry Krenda because that was their only choice. And that's kind of the point is that, you know, Linda, uh, Brenda and Krinda, they also had to choose you. And so you really had limited amount of choices when it came to potential mates. And so you kind of had this, it's almost a, um, your mind never even thought about having endless choices or, or, or all these different possibilities. Like, well, these are my possibilities. So there's an acceptance in that. And that acceptance actually led to a good amount of commitment and stable marriages, believe it or not. You know, we have all these studies about um, arranged marriages in different cultures. We've kind of eradicated that in the West. But uh, as there's multiple books and studies point out that very often those are the marriages that have the best lasting power, the ones that weren't built off of uh, physical romantic feelings, but rather very practical ones. Our families live close. We This is a, a strategic marriage. And those ones weirdly last. Now, this is not me saying that we need to go back to arranged marriages. I was not in an arranged marriage, and I'm very happy. But uh, there is something to be kind of garnered from that reality that arranged marriages actually have a better lasting power than um, self-chosen. Um, but yeah, so we, this, this paralysis of choice um, that nowadays is unlike it used to be where you had Linda, Brenda, and Krinda. Now you have Linda, Brenda, Krinda, and 70,000 other possibilities on your phone or even just in your mind. If, if you're particularly, if you live in a place like Joseph and I do in New York City and Los Angeles, you could literally spend weeks swiping on people and never get to the end of the swiping people. So there's literally in our minds, endless possibility. And with that comes, well, I could stop with this girl who I went on a date with and she's nice, but what if a better girl is three swipes away or 10 swipes away or 15 swipes away? And so there's this, this kind of element we never stop swiping. Swiper! You're too late. You'll never find it now. So I think those are two really big ones as to the reason why people are staying single. <clears throat> I think also we haven't built the muscle of commitment and sacrifice and service within the modern generations. I think in large part because we have walked away from the church. I know the church has problems. I have problems with the church. But I do think at its core, a religious core, forget even just a Christian church, any kind of religion kind of has this basis of um, of service, of love, of commitment, of fidelity, and I think those are things we've walked away. And we can see the stats that um, we are we are now. I think it's a minority of the West, particularly in, uh, or particularly in Europe, but it's, but even now in America, the minority of the West are actual regular church attenders. I believe, um, and Joseph can correct me on this in a minute if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. 
So, so we have lost that kind of um, that 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 stabilizing factor that informs how we're supposed to love somebody. Not just that we can love someone. We, we've now kind of moved to this very emotional, um, very uh, surface level. Oh, I fell in love with them because they're cute, and we had a great movie-like experience on a date. But that isn't something that creates, as we have found, long-term marriages. So, I think another element to this is we have not practiced or learned, particularly because we're not in religious institutions that really are the places that teach these uh, things. We're not plugged into those. We have not, because if you look at the marriage rates within the church, they're much higher. And so that that would be what I'd use to evidence why this is happening. But we're not practicing in modern, secular, wide culture, the elements that it takes to create a long-term um, uh, committed relationship. So those are a few of the reasons I think this is why this is happening, but that doesn't answer actually today's question, which is, is it okay to stay single? Because now we have, okay, so this is maybe why a lot of people are single. And I know there's a lot of different reasons too. Maybe some people just want to focus on their career. Some people uh, want to do their own thing. Some people don't get along with other people. Some people have found it really difficult to find a mate. Maybe you can't attract one. Maybe you, you haven't figured that out, whatever it might be. I know there's a lot of other things too. The, those three things I mentioned are just kind of the more grand cultural things, but I know there's very personal things as to why people are single and have chosen to be single. Um, and some have not chosen to be single, but are. Um, but now it's kind of the should question, right? Should we remain single? Should we, even if we don't want to get married, should we um, get married? Is there a um, an ethical element to this that we there actually is a duty placed upon us in an ethical and moral way that we should look for a mate? And so this is a tough question to answer, particularly when you go from um, grand cultural speak down to personal speak. And I think there's a myriad of reasons that we've discovered why people don't. Um, but I want to talk a little more personally now. And so I would generally say this is this is my position that, you know, as I look at scripture and, and as I just look at statistics and studies, that generally speaking, marriage is the way we were designed. That most people, the majority of people were made to be in a long term relationship. I think this is a good thing. I think this is a healthy thing. I think this is a thing we were made to long for, most of us. And I think this is ultimately, um, speaking theologically here, something designed by God to support and make the human better, stronger, um, and more complete on this earth. Now, don't freak out when I say more complete. You can be a complete person without doing this. I just think that the process of marriage is particularly efficient in making people and helping people feel more supported uh, and become their best selves. I can speak personally to this is I have been both a single for many years and I have been married. And um, while I was single, I did make those attempts to become a better and wholer person. And that did work. I will say, having been married, I am aided in that effort by someone who is committed to me and can help me with that, with that outside perspective along that journey. So it's um, it is entirely possible to become a whole healthy person without someone. I want that to be said and to be heard. You can be a whole person, a healthy person, and you can live a very full, uh, just as full a life as someone who is married. I do think marriage can help uh, can help you a lot in that. So I'll, I'll back. I'll, I'll say, generally speaking, I think it's a good thing for people to find someone else who unconditionally loves them and is willing to walk in the the, the path of life with them. That being said. Um, it, it isn't for everybody. Not everybody is, quote, called to be married. Not everybody needs to be married. As Joseph pointed out, some of the, the most prominent figures in Scripture were not married and even suggested other people uh, not get married, though I think he's a little biased. Uh, I think Paul might have had a little... Uh... <laughs> I think Paul might have been a little red pilled. Um, <laughs> oh boy, I'm gonna get some flack for that one. I'm joking, everybody. That was a total joke. Chill out. Um, well, time to round up a mob. But as we can see, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, was a single man who obviously lived a pretty full life um, and was not married. And so I think there are some questions we kind of have to ask ourselves when we're approaching this question. Is it okay for me to be single? Um, but what I really want to do, and then I'm going to toss it over to Joseph, and we'll talk about this more in a second, but is really explore what, what the reasons are you are staying single. And so those are the things I think are most telling. I think it's entirely valid to stay single your entire life. I think, again, I'll, I'll reiterate, you can live a beautiful, full, good life. But I think it's important to look at the reasons you are um, you are staying single. 
which is, as we've talked in literally just the episode, which is why it's also important to look at the reasons as to why you want to get in a relationship. Investigating the reasons you do anything, whether it's intentionally staying single or intentionally get into a relationship, are really, really important so that you are living your life in the healthiest and best, most positive um, outcome way you possibly can. So Joseph, um, kind of what are your thoughts on this whole thing? And do you have, what do you think the different reasons that are valid and aren't valid for someone wanting to stay single might be? Yeah, that's an excellent point. I think you give a great kind of overview of some of this. I think, you know, one of the things that is fascinating is that these questions didn't used to come up because most people got married. Even again, like there's somebody, there's an article in Christianity Today where somebody pointed out that, um, that's, uh, it's, a, it's an article that's like, you know, uh, is being single a sin or something like being single is not a sin. It was an article in Christianity Today. And he, <laughs> he said that, but even at like the height of the monastic movement, in the Christian West, oh, it was only like maybe four percent of people who were staying single, and so you know we really didn't have a society where singleness exactly was an option before. Partly because life is just so hard, you kind of needed somebody else to help you, you know, and and to go through life together with, and so you know people just it, they got married and they, that's just what they did. Also, as you said, you know, we now have choice paralysis. We now live so far apart from each other. Again, it's like, you know, in a world where Grubhub exists, you can live on your own, you know? Yeah. But in a world where you have to do the farming kind of yourself. If you, you have, have $40 to- plus tip, you can. I'm not that rich. I'm not Grubhub rich, guys. Well, that's right. We're going to see a lot more people starting to get married, I think, as the, as the inflation <laughs> yes. creeps up. That's so true. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, like, you know, there, there's those aspects that, the hardship draws us toward each other and toward relationships. So that's an interesting thing to point out is that this question is a question because of the relative prosperity of the Western world and of, you know, the economics that have made it possible for us to live apart from each other. I mean, again, you know, these, the fact that we see our families at Christmas and holidays and not all the time, particularly extended families is a modern thing, you know? So, so, so to your point first, this is kind of a modern question because it's because the question of, Maybe we, I won't get married is a something that you do in a modern context. Now, that said, you know, it's also important to say, okay, well, why, you know, uh, you know, the questions of why, because it, it's, it absolutely is true. Again, as a Christian, you know, I say, yeah, a lot of the best people, you know, in the Bible, including the very best, Jesus, uh, was single. You know, singleness for Christian is a very valid enterprise and it's a God glorifying enterprise. The, um, it, but it, it's also, to be fair, makes a point. It's not a normative thing. So you said as a general rule. So I think why I look is that it's individual basis. It's absolutely, totally great to be single. Normatively is where you start to get into problems. So if you get, it's like as a society, we, a society can't really survive if we have too many old people and too many young people because there aren't enough young people to take care of the old people. Like the, the reality is, you know, you talk about, and you have to have kids in the context of stable families. Otherwise, they're going to have very bad outcomes. So if you need kids, you need people to be married who have the kids. And the reality is, you know, as I always say to people, somebody's kids are going to take care of you. And so, you know, it's going to be yours or it's going to be somebody else's. And there is a certain kind of wrongness about expecting other people to do the work for you of mm. having the kids that are going to take care of you. There's a certain wrongness of just expecting or being entitled to that, particularly if you have a society that is less and less people are getting married and having kids. So there, it's not completely divorced from ethics and social responsibility. I, it's, it's not only a social responsibility or ethics thing, but it's not completely divorced from that either. And so you have to understand that it's ethical and moral for marriage to be normative, not universal, though. And so there's, mm. and so that's where you, so that's where I would say is the, the, the other thing that I would say is, to your point, it's always good to examine the reasons why. Because one of the things that many single Christians, and, you know, I think, you know, uh, the single Christian discourse is really kind of funny as a single Christian, because, you know, uh, I think I think that there are some people in the single Christian community who are really sincerely, you know, best off single and are really annoyed by 
the yes. by uh, annoyed by the expectations in Christian communities that you should get married. What's wrong with you? There absolutely are. And then there is a group of other people who seem to be annoyed because they really do want to find a spouse and are annoyed that some people are reminding them that they don't have one. So there's there's that emotional aspect of this conversation. But one of the things that I point out is that Paul says, I want, I would like you to be single. And he gives the reason why. So mm. that you can further the kingdom of God. And one of the things that I know is, is that this is kind of come out, you know, I read Brad Wilcox's book and I, I, we had him on the podcast and get married. I had him on a podcast that I had and I reviewed his book for Christianity Today, which you can check out. Um, shameless plug. But one of the things that he, that notes is that a lot of the reasons that people give for being single, a lot of it amounts to, I mean, again, when you read articles about why it's great to be single and better to be single than be married, when you read people, a lot of what they describe is it's great to be single so that I could go on vacations. It's great to be single so that I can have a lot of me time. It's great to be single because I don't have to take responsibility for other people. I don't have to, like, a lot of the things they describe is, and no offense, guys, but I was saying a lot of what they describe is it's great to be single because I get to be more selfish, you know? And, and I would say that's not a good reason not to get married because at first of all, as a Christian, because our, I, our, our job is supposed to be building the kingdom of God on earth and in, you know, in, in the various ways that serving God, serving others and things like that. Our job is not to have lives of selfishness. And so if that's the reason you're not getting married is so that you can be a less self-sacrificial person. Um, as Brad Wilkowstorp puts it, there's a me-oriented way of living and a we-oriented way of living. Wow. And marriage does sort of force you to in a we-oriented way of living or else your marriage doesn't survive. You know, and so the, and so I think a, a lot of people, you know, I think are choosing to be single so that they can have a more me-oriented way of living. Well, and I think that- quick, let me interject- there's plenty of um, evidence in psychological studies that a me-oriented way of living is initially feels better, will make you happier, but ultimately will have yes. a hugely negative effect on your happiness eventually. And so yes. if you're looking for long-term happiness, a me-oriented way of living will not provide you with happiness. Excellent. That's exactly yes. It's going to make you miserable to have a me-oriented way of living. So if you're not getting married so you can have that, that's a recipe for disaster for you. Now, I think that if what you say is, I want to have a, be single so that I can, you know, if you're a Christian, I can be building the kingdom of God and furthering is, and I want to have more time to do that. Or if you're being single because I feel like the calling on my life in more single terms is I can serve others better, you know, being single. I think that's because, again, having an other oriented frame of reference is going to make you happier longer term. And that's that's not really a disputed, you know, point, I think, in psychology, as I can tell. That's, you know, then, you know, if if you're doing being single for that reason, that's a great reason to not uh, to to be single. But most of the time that I hear people arguing about it, I, I don't think I've read a single article that has promoted singleness that has said, you get to spend more time volunteering, you know, or, or you know, at a charity or something like that. It's all, you're going to get more money from your career and you can, you know, have longer vacations. And so I, that would be sort of where I would, where I would take this is where you said it's like, you know, the right and the wrong reasons. Like it's absolutely great to be single, but a lot of the reasons that people talk about being single are just the wrong reasons. Yeah, I completely agree. I think this is a great way to decide and decipher um, if singleness is something you ought to choose um, and, and singleness is something you ought to pursue. You know, we think about the life of like Catholic priests, right? There is a valid reason they're not getting married because like Paul said, they are furthering, they're essentially marrying the church. I think that's even kind of... Um, uh, theologically correct. I could be wrong. Catholics don't yell at me, but there's an idea that because we are limited humans and only have a certain amount of energy and attention to give to something, they have decided to give that energy and attention to the institution of the church where they can help, love, serve, support, whatever it is, the very, the local church where, um, that would be 
that would be uh, split in half if they were trying to do that to a wife and a family as well as to the church. There, so there's a very valid reason. Well, it's not because it's not for selfish reasons, like you point out. This is actually for self-serving, for building the church, for building the kingdom of God, for loving people, for serving people. That's a really that's a valid and a beautiful reason to remain single. And I think even if you're not going to become a priest, even if you're a Protestant, one of these crazy Protestants, um, I think there's really valid reasons. Uh, even still with that idea of building the kingdom, like Paul talks about, like you, you brought up, like a priest, I think there are valid reasons to stay single. Maybe that is, looks like you are running a nonprofit and um, to run this nonprofit, you have to travel all the time and um, you know you wouldn't be able to focus on a family. That's a valid reason. If that's something you feel called to, 100% remain in your singleness, become a better person the way you can and give yourself in, in, in support of that. Now, obviously it will come with drawbacks and difficulties, but I think there are incredibly valid reasons to remain single, but I think you're completely right. The, the, one of the ways you really decipher if it's a valid reason is, am I remaining single to help the world, to make it a more beautiful place, to live a meaningful life with purpose, or am I remaining single because I like to have my way and I want to have my things when I want them. And I don't want to have to capitulate my will um, or serve or help or support someone else. I like me. I think that's a bad reason. That can look like a million different things. You know, here in LA, you go and talk to these to these people and they're, and they're, they're um, oh, there's a word for them. I'm, all these phrases are escaped. Serial daters, right? They're these guys who literally get on apps and they're with another woman every single night, every single weekend. And you ask them, why are you single? Why do you just keep on dating and dating and dating? Well, because I like taking women home, sleeping with them, and then go and find another woman to take home and sleep. And I don't ever want to commit to someone. Um, that's a really bad reason to stay single, that you just want to be with more people sexually. That's a really selfish reason. And it's one that will ultimately eat you alive. This is not something beautiful or good or fun. This is something that will eat you alive um, to, to, to open the first page of a thousand books and to never actually finish and read through one, that doesn't make you a better person. It actually makes you a, a dumber, shallower person. And, and it's not something to be um, uh, to be lauded or or thought as cool or or uh, emulated. It's, it's something to be pitied. Um, the, uh, there's an idea of, of commitment that is really beautiful that I think all of us are called to. And that's, that's one thing I wanna to get to is one of the, the things is, I do think that every one of us, every human, has been called to commitment, whatever that might look like. And I think many, for many of us, that is in marriage. I am committed to my wife, friend of the podcast, Kelia. I, I've committed my life to her. And there's something in that commitment that makes me a better person, that gives me a narrative to live out, that gives me a path to walk on, that gives my life purpose and meaning. And not only just the other stuff, like we're friends, we hang out and we have support systems, that kind of thing. But I, I think there is a real beauty simply in the act of commitment. So I think whether that commitment takes place in the context of marriage or if it takes place in the context of serving the world, uh, doing something beautiful, whatever, maybe it's your art, whatever it might be. Um, I do think you don't have to commit to another person, though I think most will. And I think it's a good thing that most will. But I do think regardless of whether you commit to a to a husband or wife, or, or I think that you need to commit to something. And it needs to be something worthy of a lifelong commitment, whatever that might look like. And so as we think about these reasons, because um, again, commitment makes you a better person. It gives you life purpose and meaning. Those are the those are like really intrinsic things to living a healthy life and living out who we were created to be. And so as we're looking at these reasons, should I stay single? Should I not? Ask yourself, what do you want to be committed to in life? And that's a really great place to kind of begin that conversation in your mind. Am I living a life that is committed um, to something that maybe that's why I can't be married? Or am I living a life um, that would benefit from being committed to another person? But whatever it is, ask yourself what it is you want to be committed to and what that will require of you. I think that's a great place to start. But when you're looking and asking, don't say what will make me just super, super happy and what will be easier and what will be most, uh, you know, the, the easiest path for me. You know, we, we learned this from Robert Frost. I took the path less traveled. And by that, he means the one that was that was a little more difficult, but it made all the difference. It was more beautiful. And so don't go just in the, e the easiest path. Go in the one that has the most beautiful story. And sometimes that's with a spouse and sometimes that's with a, a calling, whatever that might be. But commitment is vital to a human's health a a during their entire life, uh, their mental health, their just their, yeah, the, the entire thing. So Joseph, look, I got something to say, jump in. What are your thoughts? So I was just say that this is this is really so important. What you're saying is that we're being committed, but also we're not just supposed to be committed to an idea. We're supposed to be committed mm. to 
tight-knit relationships. Now, yes. those can be platonic relationships, but you know, the you brought up the, the the monks and the nuns, they would literally, you know, commit themselves to an order, is what they called it, you know, to relationships with platonic relationships with other members of the same sex, to be brotherhood and a sisterhood. Yeah. And they're committing to those relationships. It was there's never an idea that you're going to live outside of a committed relationship with a tight-knit community. And of course, you can create through marriage, your own mini community that's interlocking with other mini communities, other families, stuff like that. And that's what most are going to be. But you have to be in a tight knit, but in the, the Christian tradition, when you didn't do that, what you instead did was you found a, a brotherhood or a sisterhood to be committed to. So I'll say if you're being single is like, okay, you're, you'd say, I'm not going to be committed to a spouse. It's like, okay, what community what tight knit group of community are you going to be committed to? What brotherhood, what sisterhood, what, you know, are you going to be committed to? Because we know, first of all, psychologically, you know, people find the most satisfaction in relationships. That's everybody, men and women, you know, this is not a gender thing, finds most satisfaction in relationships. And they find most satisfaction in long-term committed relationships. You know, the, somebody, as I was, um, Jean, Dr. Jean Twenge, who wrote Generations, a book I have to read, she said, the most psychologically healthy people in America are the Amish <laughs> because they are they they have almost no mental health problems basically it's like because they have tight knit communities that they're that they are bonded to and together with. And so you need if you're single, it's like okay, find people to be your family, and you know some of that means being adopted by your married friends. And so they're going to be the ones who invite you over to the holidays for Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff like that, you know, and you have regular people that you're regularly doing this with. I, for, you know, Christians and anyone who's religious, we say you got to be committed to your church and your little tribe within that church. But you, we do have this idea. It's like, again, this is the thing is we're not, a lot of people are not getting married and we're not having families and things like that. Not so that we can have another deeper committed brotherhood or sisterhood that is working to build the kingdom of God. We're doing it so that our relationships can be more transient and can be more shallow. Like you're talking about that guy who just wants to sleep with a bunch of women. And the idea that you would take being intimate with somebody and then say, I'm going to treat that as shallow. Like that's either psychopathic or training to be psychopathic behavior. But what I mean by that is we are meant to actually have deep, intimate, bonded relationships with the community. And when we say, no, I want all my relationships to be transactional and shallow, you are doing some real harm to your soul. And I don't mean that in the theological sense. And others, yes. And, and, and others. Yeah, this isn't just theological. We're not just speaking as Christians. We're speaking as, uh, we're quoting social science and psych yeah. psychological stuff. No, because to be intimate with somebody in a way that uses them, and I don't just mean sexually. It's like you say, that's, that trains you to be a psychopath which is somebody who does not have empathy for others. Yeah. And so so that's where I would say is that find out what, you know, like you said, find out why you're doing this. Is it to be more selfish in a short term or is it to have a flourishing life with community and serving others and, and building something great? Is it to do is one of those? And part of that is always going to be building the kingdom of God, whatever you see that as, you know, building a better world. Um, and uh, tight-knit relationships with community of some kind, committed relationships, as you said, with community uh, and relationships of some kind. So um, that's what I would say. How would you how would you wrap this up? Well, I actually want to talk about something a little more, too, because I feel like this needs to be covered. Oh. But I will say just on top of that, you know, the, the church, the, the Catholic church has this idea of vocation. One is getting married. One is the priesthood. And there's a couple more. But again, that goes back to this idea that we are creatures created to be committed to something. And that the vocation is what you are meant to be committed to. And I think that's a really important thing to think as we're thinking through why or why, why am I single and why do I want to be single or why don't, don't I want to be single? You know, those are really important things that we're kind of working through today to hopefully kind of have you do some introspection, go, hmm, let me think through my reasons as to why um, I am single or I'm not single. But this, I want to go into something real quick before we wrap up. I want to talk to the people who don't want to be single, but are um, the people who have had either really bad luck, 
Um, maybe they've moved around a lot and haven't been able to form these things. Maybe they have social anxiety. Maybe you're out there and you're like, man, I would love to be married, but I just don't know how to talk to people. I don't know how to get on my shell. I don't know how to leave my house. Maybe there's a mental illness thing. You know, I have OCD, which made it really difficult for me to do a lot of things that a lot of normal people did. And maybe, you know, whatever it might be, maybe, yeah, there's a myriad of reasons as to what might be keeping you from connecting with someone on a romantic level and finding that long-term commitment. But Joseph, I want to hear your thoughts on talk to the people who actually do want to get married, have a desire, uh, do want to have a long-term committed relationship with someone, but haven't found the ability uh, to and haven't, um, you yeah, haven't found the ability or the time or the means or whatever it might be, haven't found them themselves able to find that in their life. What would you say to those people who do want a relationship but can't find it? Sure, yeah. I would say that, first of all, and this is kind of really odd you know, to say this, people say, the fact that you want that is a good thing and not a bad thing. Because there are places, again, I've been in both the secular and Christian world, and even, you know, and I've, I have experienced both environments that kind of shame you for wanting it. You know, in the Christian world, it's kind of like, well, you should really be pursuing God and, and that will come where it won't, but you shouldn't care about it too much. It's not something you should really deeply pursue. Um, and in the secular world, it's kind of like, oh, you're, you really need your whatever it's, you know, there's, there's something about like, we say, Hey, this is something I really want, you know, it's like, okay, there's something wrong with you. So if there's any part of you that's saying there's something wrong, feeling there's something wrong with you for wanting that, um, there's not, that's how you were made. You know, whether you believe in evolution or God, that was how you were, you're, you're, that's, that's a feature, not a bug, as we like to say on this show. Um, the other thing is that um, modern society makes it hard. You know, it's a lot harder. Like, you know, your parents or grandparents didn't have the troubles you're having now. It's harder to find someone today than it used to. So yeah. some of it's, some of it may be your fault, but a lot of it is not, <laughs> you know, and so you know, and, and you're, you're seeing a lot of people who have been successful at it and you have not. And it's like, you know, and you're like, well, what's wrong with me? Well, there may be some things that are wrong with you too. And you can figure those out. But a lot of it is just, it's much harder than it used to be. And for a myriad of reasons that, that are that. And so, so I was like, those are the two things I also say is there are things that you can do that can improve your chances. And there are things that for both to find someone who loves you and to uh and to uh fight have a lasting marriage and so i think that you that you know i mean and and we've talked about different things on the show we can you know we've we've you can look at some of our other episodes for some more tips obviously getting into communities where you know that where people share your values and they're seeing you all the time so people can kind of you know get to know you that way improving yourself being the best version of yourself you know uh, there there's a lot and and having a we oriented look toward the world you know, all those things, there are things you can do and that really do improve your chances a lot. I would also say examine your own heart about things that are holding you back in terms of, you know, because again, we live in a world that both that does make us um, chase after a me centered way is like maybe you are having trouble finding somebody because you kind of are selfish with your time and your, you know, and, and your priorities. Maybe you're not finding someone because you've set your expectations too high because of how our society has commodified, you know, sex and things like that. You know, may, you know, there's a bunch of things you can examine about yourself. So it's like, you know, it's, it's not wrong. You want this is good. You want this. It's uh, there's, you know, it's uh, there are things you can do, you know, uh, and, you know, and, and that's, and that's something that can be pursued. And I, I think that is worthwhile pursuing and I guess getting help, with that okay so those those would be the things that i would say those are great those are fantastic i'd also just say as words of comfort um you are not less valid for being single oh, yes less yes of a person for being single you are not less full or beautiful or wonderful or intelligent yeah. for not being married and i hope that if this is something you want you find it but if you don't um, you can live just as full and as meaningful a life as a single person as you can as a married one. There's just these are just both different ways of going about finding purpose and meaning in your life. So that's what I would encourage you to do is until you find that or if you find that great. But if you don't find purpose in your life, 
forge strong friendships with people. I forge strong friendships with people like Joseph, with other people. Even we've had on the podcast with great friends that I was friends with before I even got married. And that's even served me in my marriage to have those friendships. Don't wait to be close to people. Don't wait to find purpose in your life. And don't wait to get committed to something that it quote, is a calling or a purpose giving um, pursuit in your life. It might happen. It might not. Don't worry about that. Sure. As Joseph said, he gave some great tips. And we just had an episode on how to find a spouse that we get some great tips with my wife, Keely, on it. But really, uh, you are not invalid. You are not less than. You are a total valid person who could live just as full and beautiful a life. But it will take choices. Go and live meaningfully in the world. Go and serve people. Go forge great friendships and go and commit to something that's worthy of committing. And maybe that will happen. Maybe it won't. But either way, um, ultimately, a beautiful and full life is is. Uh, available to you, whether or not you have a spouse or not. So that would be just the thing I would say to my single friends um, out there who might be listening, who are like, well, I can't, I'm trying, but it's not happening. So, um, so it, if it happens, great, but don't worry too much. Uh, go in, and do the, all the things that all of us have to do, married or not, to live a beautiful, full life. That's relationship, that's purpose, that's service. Uh, go and do those things regardless, and your life will feel more full no matter what. Hmm. Preach it, brother. That's Gets good stuff. That's good stuff. All right. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for uh, listening. And uh, we're looking uh, at Forge. I'd love to hear your comments. Again, if you're single, if you're married, if you, you know, uh, all the, the whole, whole spectrum, I guess that's the only two that exist. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm sure somebody will have thought of a third Dating, one. maybe. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, get your thoughts. If you have thoughts on this, I'd love to hear them. Uh, but now we are going on to the uh, blesses and curses segment of the week where we take a work of art, media, or resource on this topic and we bless it um, or uh, we recommend it, i.e. bless it or diss it, i.e. curse it. And of course, I will be very honest, uh, both of us totally forgot about uh, this segment before we started. So we've been kind of rushing and thinking about, oh, what, what would be a good uh, what would be a good uh, thing for this? Uh, but so, Nathan, have you have you? Uh, Come to the clutch and figured out uh, a good uh, a blessing yeah. curse for this. I'm literally Googling movies about being single and not being single. So am I. So, so am I. Um, you know, a few, you know we, I'm thinking of a few of the things we, we talked about today. I, I'm probably going to go to old, old things I've blessed before. Um, but this movie is, you know, a little grown up. You know, it has some uh, mature stuff. But I'm going to bless... Um, Oh, shoot. Uh, Friends with Benefits with um, Justin Timberlake and ah, okay. Mila Kunis. Um, I think it's a really beautiful movie that shows kind of what you're talking about, Joseph, earlier, that um, uh, the selfishness doesn't work when it comes to relationships. And that's not a good reason to remain single. Um, and ultimately, we were created to have um, lasting relationships. In this context, it's romantic. But those uh, those relationships can also be found in platonically in friends. But I think it's a, it's a weirdly, I thought it was just going to be kind of a raunchy comedy when I saw it years ago. And it's kind of a weirdly beautiful, um, affirming movie of, of, uh, of relationship and how important those are and how our selfish needs and desires really are going to be do both detrimental to us and others unless we kind of take care of those. Um, so I, I really do enjoy that movie. So I'm blessing that again. I'm also going to bless a book again that I really enjoyed. It's a, it's called How Not to Die Alone, about a guy in England who's considering um, ending his life because he's alone. Um, and I'm not going to give you spoilers, but one of one of the things that you kind of followed his journey is him finding purpose and meaning in community in his life. And um, and yes, there there is a love interest, but the, it, that's not the center of the story. The center is. Um, he thought that he had to, that he was going to die because he couldn't find somebody that it just, life wasn't worth living because no one wanted to, to be with him. And ultimately we find a very full and fulfilling life, um, out of the things that he chooses to commit to and the relationships he chooses to commit to the platonic ones in his life that bring his life meaning and fullness. And so I think it's a really, really beautiful book. Um, as far as curse, oh boy, I don't know. What am I going to curse for? Should you remain single? Um, let me, I'm scrolling through here. Um, <laughs> if you want, I can I can do my blessings and curses, and then yours can come in at the end as the cap. Okay, maybe I'll just I'll just curse whatever you curse. Okay, uh, all right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you've them. seen the movie. I don't know if you've seen the movie that I that I'm cursing. But um, so I am going to bless uh, actually the old uh, Jeremy Brett Sherlock Holmes TV show. Okay. And, uh, 
I'm blessing it because again, your show it shows two people who are you know uh, two friends who are in a platonic friendship. You know the the Sherlock Holmes and and Doctor John Watson and they're roommates and they have this great friendship. And typical stories typically they show you know uh, that you know John Watson gets married and that becomes a a part of the story. They don't do that in this show. It really is just the two of them in their friendship that carries throughout. And I think it's a, again one of those stories that shows look they both are committed to each other. And they have a purpose, which is to solve mysteries and, and save people and things like that. And, you know, Sherlock Holmes particularly, you know, he's dedicated to this life because this is his mission. And John's mission is to help his friend, you know, to and, and I think that that is a, a great picture of if you're looking at what like a great flourishing single life looks like. It's, I think, one of the most beautiful pictures that I've seen. You get to see these TV shows, mm. episodes over and over again, where it's these two people committed to each other and to making the world a better place and their relationship is, is valid and valued and celebrated. So I definitely, again, I, I find the, the Jeremy Brent Sherlock Holmes to be the definitive version and everything else is a great twist on Sherlock Holmes for me. But also in this case, it's the one that makes John Watson be single, you know, the whole time. And so I think that that's for it. In giving it a picture for this one, is particularly helpful for that. So I recommend but there's that. still deep purpose and friendship and connection relationship and a full life to be found. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But one um, of service, by the way, in making the world a more beautiful, safe and putting the world right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's got all the pieces. Um, then uh, the, for Curse, uh, I realized there was, you know, we're, we're at the end of our relationship month uh, episodes and I did not curse uh this uh this rom-com yet which i saw last year and it's really it's it's terrible um it's uh called what happens later <laughs> and it is meg ryan's big comeback movie which oh, i i love meg ryan i love her in, in the all the nora Ephron movies the when harry met sally and the the uh uh the you got mail but uh it's unfortunately you know it's her big comeback movie it's it is about two people who were dating at one point and now you know they're now they're they're both you know single in their own ways you know one's divorced one you know that's in the other single and they, they they and it's about them kind of understanding what went wrong with them and how and you know on the one hand it's good they do show that you know they don't end up together at the end spoilers but you know that 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 what's really important is that they're actually you know their own character development growth it's just you know it's not a good movie at a certain point <laughs> it just the dialogue just Hit, it's hits you over and over and over again the head with its cheesiness but not the good kind of cheesiness and its messaginess and its weird surrealness that's not consistent and i really wanted to like it because i love mid ryan and i love the you know what they were trying to do with it but it just cannot bring itself fully together and and it's a shame so i'm cursing that unfortunately mcgrath i hope you come back for another for another good movie um, but yeah, that's that's what I'm cursing today. Okay, I I thought of a curse, and I don't know how, how apt it is for this particular episode, but I found it, and it's February, and we're doing relationships and love and sex and all that stuff, and so I need to curse this. I don't know if I have before. You know, any of the longtime fans can let me know if I have, and I'm repeating myself. But there's a movie called Something Borrowed. Has John Krasinski? Has what's her oh. face in it? Has what's his face in it? You know, all these people. Jennifer Goodwin. Um, it, it has all of the elements, like it's like a cocktail, right? It has all the elements of what should be a great romantic uh, comedy. And it just, you know, it has great lighting and great actors. Uh, uh, what's her name in it? Who everyone loves. I can't even think of her name. I'm really bad with actors, everybody. Um, that, should... that person, that person. Yes, that person. Oh, she's in like, you know, every, every, yeah, it, great cast a lot of fun good dialogue you know you're, you're in your vest is interesting there's friendships um and the indie is just so awful you're like what is it's terrible so i'm not going to give any spoilers away you're just going to have to take my word for this unless you've seen it you can just be like yeah or you disagree with me you can write in um but yeah i'm cursing something borrowed it's a you know it's a, again it's about this woman who's desperate to be with somebody to kind of um define herself and uh and and let herself know she has value and she sees getting this one particular person who she sees as high value as if she can get that person to commit to her then she will feel good about herself in the movie and the, but then you have this other friend who's like a good match and loving and kind but the movie just kind of goes yeah 
this is how you go about finding value is just get the highest value, hottest person you can, and then you'll feel good about yourself. That's the way to go about having an identity. And I'm like, that's so bad, guys. It's so bad. I think you did curse this before because I think you've cursed it before because I remember this. this It has John Krasinski in it, right? Yes, it does. Have you seen it? I have not. No. Okay. It sounds terrible. It'll make you angry. (laughs) <laughs> cool that's what i need i don't i don't have i don't have twitter for that i, I just need to watch a rom-com to get angry uh, oh yeah well, so cool. that's, that's well, my curse that is a good curse well thank you everybody so much for joining us this has been a great episode i've really enjoyed talking about this um so nathan if people enjoyed talking about uh listening to us talk about this as much as we enjoy talking about it um where can they go to engage with us further they can go to the overthinkersjournal.world where they can find out more about us and send us all of their their thoughts and disagreements and agreements on today's episode. Uh, they can all, We also want you to join our group, the online Facebook group, The Overthinkers. Please head on over and we'd love to, uh, to hang out with you there talking about fun memes and intellectual questions. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to nathanclarkson.me. You can also search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials and uh, check out some of my books um where i talk about some of this stuff uh particularly good man i encourage you uh to read that if you are a a man who wants to be good or already a good man and wants some tune-ups um (laughs) so yeah check out some of my books Uh, joseph where can people find you they can find me on any of the socials as well they can also find me at my website josephholmstudios.com uh you can also find me in a few different publications now where i'm writing about uh you know culture art movies books so you can find me at religion unplugged that's where i have my regular columns also now christianity today relevant the federalist act institute uh you can find me in a lot of places so yeah just search my name and uh follow me and but you'll you see just wrote all... a great review which has to do with all the stuff we've been talking about this month and today on Brad Wilcox's new book about marriage uh, for Christianity Today. So everyone go yep. check out that article. It's really, really So good. yeah, it's the, it's the data-backed case for marriage at Christianity Today. Search that. And yeah, there's a, a lot of that stuff. And uh, definitely, if that makes you interested, check out his book. It's, it's very good. Um, so yeah, well, thank you everybody so much for joining us. Uh, and remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Mm-hmm.